Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at GeekConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here, number 84, and Jackie is also joining us this week. Hi, everyone. Hey. We are here. So, how are you guys? Great. Holidays are done. I'm yeah. over my first 10 day of the year freak out that I always have. <laughs> yeah. I never have pretended to be like have this long history in sales or or I have sold homes, been involved in sales. I, I but you know, salespeople love to tell marketers like you don't understand the stress. And it's true, right? That every month everything you do gets wiped away and you've got a new number of homes that you have to sell. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a marketer, as a business owner, as a human, I get super stressed out, which is why I, one of the reasons I don't do resolutions, but I do goal setting. Maybe that's just the same thing in different language. Mm-hmm. But I think that's funny. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I feel like I, I've yeah. seen that out there. Like, this is a goal, not a resolution. I'm like, and to me, the, bit, the only like main difference is goals have to have supporting like They're strategy and breakout. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I just get super tense because I feel like January 1st, like everything that I did did like if I didn't have pre-sale without fail on the wall behind me, so I would see it when I'm on calls. I'd be like, I forget that I ever wrote, like I should write a book this year. Wait, I've written a book. Like I just have this weird. <laughs> yeah. And the, the first the first ten days just there's so much of this pent up energy, partly from being off of the holidays, which is good and necessary, but also not my preference. I like. I like what I do. I like staying connected to it. Routine. Yeah. I get that's it. it. Consistency. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. feel disconnected from like what's going on, that to me, that's stressful. Yeah. Like, it's like so, you get antsy, kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. So, Kevin, you took off. You were ready to go. Yeah. And so it's it's good. Once I get past the first 10 days, which to me feel like an entire year in and of themselves, then I then I chill mm-hmm. out. I get strategic again. And I and you know, it's it's perfect time to start chilling out right before the builder show. Because <laughs> then you get another break. Yeah, then you <laughs> great. Exactly. <laughs> Restart. Break, not break. Anyway, well, let's uh, jump into yeah, story time. Jackie, kick us off. Yes. So I have a quick one today. I uh, do a lot of my shopping. I know I've mentioned this before online, and it's just part mm-hmm. of being a new mom and just being busy. And I have a certain clothing website, like a retailer that I shop. That has very unique pieces, kind of. Um, now, if you don't, set, if you don't you know, name the retailer, people are going to make up their own ideas about where you're. Shopping. I'll name it because I feel like a lot of women, like a lot of girls, maybe out there, and totally, yeah. Okay, so this brand is called Vici, Vici, and I love that they have special collections that they release. And the really nice thing is there are pretty much a set number of each size. Uh-huh. So when they run out, they run out, and. Every month or so, they have a new collection. So it's really cool because then you feel like you're really kind of jumping the gun. When you see an email come through, you get excited. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is a collection or a lookbook that you like. You're hopping onto it. And this reminded me of home builders with new communities. And something that I've noticed with retailers that they're doing to to create that hype is you, of course, sign up to receive VIP information, be the first to shop, you know, correlates back to joining in to a VIP event so that you're going to get that first information of the community. And something interesting that I 
notice that was being used as a method that if you were a VIP, like a, an attendee online, uh-huh. or mm-hmm. that you are given login information and an access code to be able to shop early. Oh. Ah, and sneaky. I actually saw this on some home builders websites. Oh. I don't know if you guys have seen this, that if you are part of the VIP list, there is a way for you to log in mm-hmm. that you get a special code and you get access to that. Only that exclusive group of people who have that can gotcha. log in. Yeah. I feel like that would get a lot of leads very quickly. Right? I'm not going to lie. When I stumbled across that on a certain home builder's website, I was intrigued. (laughs) I was like, what can't I see? What, (laughs) you know, maybe even if I wasn't interested, I guess there's that little bit of that human curiosity that's just like, well, well, if I don't have it, I kind of want it. Like I, so, and I thought to myself, even the people that want this special VIP information, I was wanted to just quickly ask you if if that's a method that you like, a, like a best practice, or do you think it's better to just send emails out with that information to the group? Like, do you like that method of having a login and access code for yeah. VIP information? I think it's all, what we're talking about really is a question of tools, not strategy mm-hmm. or practice so much of... If you don't have that capability, what's the cost for you to do that? How long is it going to take? How yeah. often do you do? Would you need to use that kind of a tool? Mm-hmm. So I think if you take in all those factors into consideration, either one can work great. I really like I like the concept of the login a lot because in theory you could get much more granular on what information mm-hmm. is being consumed, mm-hmm. how long they're looking at at different pages in that in that close off section. The downside is that we tend to see, and this is not a an universal truth, but but close that for most of the home builder websites where there is a special login setup, and the VIP part might change this, probably would. But for the mm-hmm. most part, websites that let you save a favorite home or a series of homes, I'm, and I'm not yes. I'm not talking about the portion of the site that lets home buyers go in and see the progress. That portal mm-hmm. is a is a whole different animal. But for people shopping, it's kind of the same idea of, of a home builder specific app not getting very much use simply because do I really want to have to have an account with a separate login at every individual right. home builder site I go to? But mm-hmm. I, I do think the VIP angle probably will, for a period of time, make that higher use. But to me, it comes down to the question of what's the price of that tool, the cost to maintain it, right? Um, and, and the time. And I liked it. Yeah. I, I It was something different, you know, maybe it's due to the fact that as more of the digital designer, I create more of the email marketing campaigns uh-huh. that center around that. So, you know, of course, that's a little bit more my world and what I see the most. So something like this really, that was kind of different. I, I thought that was a neat little way to make people feel that little extra warm and fuzziness. Yeah. One twist on this that I think could be super great. You've heard me talk probably about the idea of a customer advisory board. And, and I think every, all, all home builders should have that where you're just taking people who love your product or super fans and you're giving them access to continue to give you feedback through a survey. But having a separate mm-hmm. login where you can solicit that feedback in more interactive ways or let them kind of get a sneak peek of things to come and give kind of proactive feedback for those ultra fans something else almost like a a forum style place for mm-hmm. for those uh those folks to interact with you could also be interesting on, Andrew, on my story yeah. which i think fits our topic later 
so I, I think people kind of know, like, I, I like to work out. Like that's my, <laughs> my therapy time, right? That's uh-huh. where, that's uh-huh. like the only me time I get at like four in the morning. And so I, I feel like I made progress on all this stuff, but I'm like, I don't really know if I'm like getting where, where I want to be, whatever. So I, I have people that I follow, just like people follow different marketing gurus, quote, quotes around gurus and whatnot. I'm like, okay, here's this person. I like his videos, his, how he talks and his preferences as far as working out whatnot. So I'm like, I'm gonna hire him. Let's see how this goes. I'll get, which is weird for me. Cause I'm like, I, I could solve this. You're just picking things up and putting it down. Like how, <laughs> yeah. how stupid is that? But I was really, I've been blown away as far as like, Hey, change this, change that. Let me know how that goes. I'm like, Oh wow. I did not know what I, t- what I did not know. I guess it is, it seems like it's simple. And I think that's, we get, we think that in marketing too, like, Oh, I set up the ad this way. Like, look, it's working. And it's like, Oh, just change this one little thing. You are close, but it wasn't there. And you kind of need the guidance mm-hmm. of someone who, who in this person's case, like he's, he's been doing this for a long time. He's worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. So he's seen like a, a male that's 30, that weighs this much and has this general strength level. Mm-hmm. And like, here's what you need to do to go, to get, to get better. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this so is. So you went in with an open mindset. I like did. you weren't going in. Yeah. Because his okay. wife didn't hire so the coach helps. for him. No, 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 right. no. She's like, so you're paying someone to tell you what to do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I need to learn. Cause there's just like with marketing, there's, there's hundreds of differences, right. all these different opinions and how to get from point A to Z is everyone says something different. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see this person has gotten to Z and has shown that he has gotten other people to Z. Seems like a respectable mm-hmm. person. Let's let's try this out. It's you know worst case, I, it doesn't it doesn't work. But and then on the positive side, as far as like career wise, like me, I'm like, hey, I'm the client. This is really weird. <laughs> like when I send an email right. in the morning, the other side, and there's no reply until the next day. Like, what does that feel like? Um, all these other <laughs> things, which I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, what is? Or if I get a reply in an hour or like five minutes, am I am I actually blown away and like super impressed, or am I like that dude's just sitting around doing nothing? So that, that's been really cool as far as feeling like the client. Yeah. yeah. Which just same with like building but the sometimes home. Sometimes you have to be like sometimes even if you're, you know, just even get better at your practice that, I mean, sometimes it is taking that, you know, step down a little bit to be willing to learn mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Exactly. And there's also the benefit of just releasing the cognitive load in theory. Uh, I mean, you like yes. what you're trying to do. So you may still read and watch stuff and, and, but you don't have the brain power being used of thinking, I have to solve all of these micro decisions because you're hiring this coach to help you do that. Well, you reminded me of a story time that I had forgotten about, but I, perfect. I'll I'll throw it in here quickly with my other one that I was planning to talk about, which is this idea of copying and pasting. I mean, what Mm -hmm. you just talked about, the reason you, you reminded me was you're like, you know, Yes, he's telling you to lift weights to eat stuff. And you could look at that and say, well, he's probably just copying and pasting his normal, what he does with everyone. And there's really, you know, he's just making a couple modifications because I'm in my 30s and this is my goal. But generally, his program's probably 95% the same. And so you can look at that with skepticism and say, hmm. I don't know if I'm getting what I'm paying for because he's copying and pasting. Yeah, he only did this little thing. I mean, yeah. One, you're paying for, for the fact that he has created a process and the 5% that he's adjusting is literally worth probably three times what you're paying him. Exactly. Yeah. So he, right. and we, I could talk a long time on this because I'm like, here's what I've done. And I, I log everything. Cause I'm a, cause I'm a nerd. 
And he's like, okay, cool. And then he came back like a week later, here's your setup. And I'm like, this is quite close to what I had, except like <laughs> a little bit different it's on this tweaks, thing. Yeah. But like, I've had like a week of doing his setup and I'm like, oh my, like I'm hitting like new numbers left and right. This is, this is weird. And I thought, I thought it was close, but really it's that, just like you said, Kevin, that like five, yep. five, 10% difference, which is has why made a big difference. If you're on a coaching call with me and this happens on fairly right and there, you know, and we love when builders talk to each other, but we also mm-hmm. always say, Hey, builders don't always tell you the whole story. So I love that you're friends with this other builder or your company has a sister company in another market. And you're going to copy that idea and try to paste it in your market. I love it. I love the, I love all that stuff. But oftentimes, as we talked about before, people don't share the full story, the downsides or the things they wish could have been better. They're always going to tell you the, the best version of themselves, their, their Facebook version or sure. Instagram version of what happened. Just the good stuff is what they're sharing. And I was on a coaching call and someone was like, yeah, this, this company did this and we know them. They're, they're great people. We also happen to work with them. So I do know the full story. And they're like, so we're just going to, they use the words, we're going to copy and paste and do that here. And we're going to get the same <laughs> results. And I was just yeah. like, that's just such a dangerous approach to have to anything because sure, you can copy and paste the framework but the specific pieces that are going to be built on that framework definitely need to be personalized to the kind of company you are, the market mm-hmm. you're serving, the price point of your product, mm-hmm. so many different things. So just that idea of copy and paste is a good starting point, but definitely not the finishing point. And don't let yourself be lulled into thinking that because you're doing the same things that another builder did is you're going to get those same results, just like your coach. Exactly. Your I love good, that. Good stuff. The actual story that I have is about an, another coaching call that I had this week with someone who they have several different projects, but one of them is a very large, very expensive condo project in a, in a major market. How expensive? Like, I think the lowest sales price is close to one and a half million dollars. Okay. Uh, That's up fun. to four Definitely and a half market. million dollars. <laughs> yeah. So cool. these are very nice condominiums in a very desired location but they are not selling as well as they would like them to be or as other projects that they uh, might have partly due to that price. And on the call, they're like, okay, Kevin, what's your magic fairy dust answer? Like, it. What, it's this ad, <laughs> yeah. right? It's this one thing. And I looked at the analytic data and the CRM data and all this different stuff. And I said, guys, you're probably not like I, I pre-apologized before I gave them my perspective. Like you've had... 30,000 unique people look at this condo project in the last X number of, of months in this time period. How many more people who are new do you think are in your price range? And do like, so first there's this part of, do we need to just find more people who can afford this? Or do we think that number, the metrics on the site were good? Lead volume was good. Quality is pretty good. But I'm looking at their site for this product and it is vastly different than the other products that they sell. The townhome products are or more simplified mm. approach. There is welcome to the condominium project. And then the other page is basically all of the different variations and each unit is unique. So there's, I don't know, 90 units in total in this thing, maybe or so. Oh, wow. And each one is different, not just because of what floor it's on, but like the bedroom counts different. The size of the family room is different. The, the amount of outdoor space is different. I'm like, I just don't, this approach to how the site is structured and built kills all excitement and energy and makes me feel like I'm shopping in a catalog for a $4 million Mm. condominium unit. And I don't think that's how 
you want to feel, <laughs> especially yeah. we were looking at it on desktop because of the coaching call, but on mobile, this thing is just, it, you're, you can't filter through that stuff and you're asking the marketing material to do too much of a complex sales conversation for you. You know, no one's going to just look at that online, click it, buy it. And so we talked about simplifying it. Can can we just take three or four featured units and market them individually? Give them, you know, this is the penthouse. This is the water view. This is the, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that are all unique. They're one of a kind. We've got 40 others that we would love to show you more information about. Set an appointment, come on out, take a look. So going way deep into the content level of just three or four, and then using that as the as the pulling force in to get to get more traffic and appointments versus trying to just show them all on on site. So it simplifies the UI. The emotional excitement of the content can go way up because they're just talking about four. And the other thing mm-hmm. that made me chuckle as we were talking about it is um, Ryan's. I can't I can't say his last name. Sirhant. Sirhant. This is terrible. But I don't know. You would know him if you saw him. Super seemingly super great guy. He's on. Million Dollar oh, Listing okay. in New York. I, I've I seen think. it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, talked yeah. at the Builder Show, I feel like, last year or PCBC, one of the two. But I'm connected with him on LinkedIn and watched some of the episodes. House Hunters International is still my favorite. Like, if I turn on the TV, I just, by default, yeah. go watch that. But these other shows are fun too. And all this, like I, we said, hey, if you just took one, let's just say your middle price, two and a half million dollar condominium unit, and you gave that to a realtor or broker, what would you expect them to do to market that unit? And just kind of reframing that, mm-hmm. I think helped us all understand like, yes, ideally most of the time your marketing campaigns would be extremely efficient and you would market the community as a whole and homes would sell. You might have to focus on a couple of inventory homes, but in this case, like every single unit in this project in some sense deserves its own marketing campaign and approach to it because of its price point. I agree. If you gave that listing to a realtor, gosh, I'm just so terrible with math in my head, but but what is that? If let's just do three million. What's their commission on it and how much <laughs> this is how bad I am. Everyone's like, you can't how do much that. Spend? But that's ninety grand. Three <laughs> percent yeah. of that is ninety grand. Yeah, they might spend wouldn't well, we expect them to spend like ten grand on marketing mm-hmm. and advertising mm-hmm. the property? Absolutely. And not that we want to have to do that. And what I was so impressed by the folks on the call is their excitement level about this was through the roof and they were making me even more excited about it myself. It was a great way to end the day because they didn't have the approach of like, no, 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 you don't understand. That's not, we, we talked about like what ad can we run to fix all this? Mm. There is an understanding Ooh. of, of needing to look at the whole equation here. And it's, it's not that they needed to blow up the site itself, but they actually have another template from another project that they can pull over relatively huh. quickly and That's get awesome. this working. And it was just, I don't know what the Sesame Street version of like, this is what the theme of that story time is. It's just every project is different and not different at the same time. And without, yeah. <laughs> without trying to make it very yeah. simple, sometimes it is more, more complicated. Yeah. In that, and in that what sense. I take away from it is it's not always like, Hey, can a Facebook ad fix this? Can we just change the picture? It's like, there's uh-huh. a lot more going on that needs to be considered when something is not working. I, and I feel like a lot of it too, Kevin, to your point, why you were so excited. I feel like the first reaction for some people is a quick fix, like a Facebook ad or, you know, something it's other than email. diving deeper. I'm excited to hear like if once that gets switched over. Well, there's no doubt that it's going to have a big impact. If nothing it's else, enough, of yeah. the, there's nothing else really to see. So they, 
they have a sales environment, but the first people in this project aren't going to move in until I think they said like the end of September. And so the ones that are not sold certainly are some other level of priority. So like, does it make sense to spend 15 grand a month right now, pushing, 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 pushing this idea of as a whole, you know, come pick your unit versus, I mean, you're going to have to spend that money on, on better content to get people emotionally excited to want to take the next step to come talk to Mm -hmm. someone in person. All right, let's shift over to the news. And I've got just a quick, there is no, there's no link to put in the show notes to this really, but for those of you who are really paying attention and of the many builders we work with, there were only six, but there were six who saw this around the end of last year, around the 17th, 18th, and 19th of December in your Google analytic data, you might have noticed that age ranges of your audience disappeared or mostly disappeared. This was a global bug. So if you are going back now in mid-January, analyzing some of your late December results and you don't have data on the on the age range of the people coming to your site, uh, you didn't do anything wrong. I spent probably personally way too much time trying to figure out if, if these individual builders had issues on their site or if it was something else, but it did end up being just a bug in Google's code. And it did seem to come back around the 10th of January or so. Good. But you you may have a whole of your data and it's nothing that you could have done to avoid it. Nice. So that's just qualifies, I think, as a, as a PSA a more than anything. So you don't waste a bunch that's of time figuring out what's going All on. Right. First news story is from marketingland.com. Google ads enables bid simulator for target ROAS, return yeah. on ROAS. ad spend is what ROAS, yeah, ROAS, <laughs> budget simulator for maximizing clicks and conversions. Yeah. Andrew, yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah, think, I think Kevin said, why we care. Um, so the first one, target ROAS <laughs> would be pretty much only e-commerce. So we could kind of ignore that one. But if you're targeting, say, a 500% or a six to one, so it'd be just ad spend versus revenue that Google is tracking. And of course, that's e-commerce. They could do this every day. Hey, I want 600%. ROAS, and that's what I want to happen. <laughs> They'll try to adjust the bids uh-huh. to make that happen. But here's, I used to use this back in the day. If you go to 450% or if, there's like a sweet spot of volume and sales. So if you go to 600, you might like go down to no revenue, if that makes sense. So it's, it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. seeing this, bring me bring back memories. Um, the one that's more relevant to us would be maximize clicks and conversions. So if yeah. you have a maximize clicks campaign, you don't have a bid per keyword or bid per ad group. You just say, hey, Google, I want to spend $50. You could set a maximum click at the campaign level, or you could set no no uh, cost per click limit. So this is letting you like kind of forecast, if I put a $3 max cost per click with a $50 budget, how many clicks will I get, supposedly? It's, but you, it still has to yeah, go on the so auction it, and like what happens, happens. But this is a better forecasting tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a good way to experiment. It's not a guarantee of what's going to happen, but it lets you get a little bit of insight before you spend a lot of extra time making other adjustments. Yep. Just is the result going to be big, minor, somewhere in between, mm-hmm. right? So definitely, <laughs> definitely helpful. Yes. I do want to take a little bit of a sidestep here, though, and talk about ROAS in Ooh. general. Because I shared something on LinkedIn that Kirk Williams, who was on uh, yeah, was last fun. week's episode, I believe, uh, yeah. su- super great guy. He shared a post. I love this term. And this is, I'm hearing 
you know, ROAS, return on ad spend being used a lot more by other people in the industry. And we've heard at the Builder Show last couple of years, and I've never been one to be super excited about it. But this post that Kirk shared was from another gentleman. And he's talking about individual at Google. Uh, Avanish is his first name. Uh, He's got his own blog and newsletter. He's the head of strategic analytics at Google Marketing, among other things. And his question was, you know, would Avanish use some of the tools that Google promotes that everyone should use because it's using artificial intelligence or it gets superior results and requires less work. And one of these tools that Google's pushing out pretty big is a smart search for e-commerce, basically, tool. Hmm. And it only allows you to use as a goal either a target level of return on ad spend or maximize conversion value. And what cracked me up is you said, I imagine Avanish throwing up in his mouth a little bit when he sees these two options. Sorry for the crude visual, because they're both, according to this gentleman, things that really don't matter. In fact, he wrote in his own blog, it distresses me to no end that companies and agencies all around us use return on ad spend as currency, inflating its value far, far beyond its minuscule value. It is naval gazing advertising centric metric only. It is not a business metric. And I was just like, oh, so when I saw you had this list, I knew this wasn't what we, what you wanted to talk about in in terms of why this is useful tool for home builders, but it did let me segue that in of return on ad spend uses fictitious, like what is the value of that click? Mm, Let's decide it's this, you know, Mm -hmm. how did you come up with that number? And this gentleman from Google, he's, his basically point is competitive share, which is something that we, we do look at. Um, from time to time, lifetime value of, of gaining a customer and gross profit are, which gross profit was also interesting. You know, if you can market more efficiently then your cost of advertising to get that sale is better, your gross profit can improve. And that's another form of, you know, you obviously have to also have sales to get gross profit. Just a segue there, go check out that article on LinkedIn. It's pretty nerdy. It took me about 15 minutes to read through, but, but super awesome super nerdy and shows some of this made up terminology that that agencies use I think, to try to show I think part of that is the side hustle games people try to like start businesses on Facebook where they only have mm-hmm. advertised sales yeah. or sales from that campaign so then their row right. as is it kind of it it's is clean, clean because that's all they have they turn their campaigns off they have nothing right. they have no sales and those people eventually feed into like this is a terrible waste of time <laughs> trying to do this and I made some money why yeah. don't I get a real job with the skills I had so they could show off in the resume 650 ROAS yeah. on whatever campaign type of budget. But, but ROAS on a, a Google PPC campaign for a home builder, nah, not quite. definitely <laughs> has to have some, some funny that magic in there funny to figure magic. out It would be is the worth. most amazing ROAS ever. <laughs> not useful, right? <laughs> 30, the, yeah, right. 36, that, whatever per, per month, per year and X amount of revenue. It would look, it would look amazing. Yep. Okay, next one from Forbes.com, which I, I just have to, I got another email. It's still oh, on sale. If anyone wants to become a Forbes oh, contributing author, you can do so for the low, low price of, I think, two oh, grand now. A year? Okay. So, so every time Forbes is ever mentioned, we're going to have to talk about that because this is another agency um, Forbes Agency Council article. However, it's got some interesting Ooh. stuff, and the title of the article is Who is on TikTok? And how can brands mm. reach them? My guess is the way they can reach them is by hiring Nick Bruker or his company. He's <laughs> but, in Pittsburgh, so um, there's the class. Other class, than right? that. That's good. <laughs> there you That's go. true. 
some interesting things about what, what kind of content's being pushed out, who's on the platform, challenges, and in, how influencers are using it. A- any particular takeaways that you guys um, on, have from on me? So I, I re-downloaded I TikTok again, and then I immediately deleted it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like so. I, well, I, I'm just not a fan <laughs> of like the type of content, but that's just me. But on here, it said that audience. So let's okay. talk about that for a second, because the type yeah. of content is completely different. Like when I talk to someone else who had it, they're like, oh, I, all I see are comedians. I'm like, or, or someone, oh. all I see are Trump oh. and political stuff. I have never seen anything political on TikTok so I went in my searching life. searching around. I, have, yeah. I haven't I seen I political, have but I went searching around because there's yeah. a default content where they, I'm sure they know a lot about you that you don't know they know about you based on whatever. I don't, they know I'm 30 mm-hmm. and I'm a male. So show me this stuff. Then mm-hmm. I went around and I'm just like, I just don't get it. Like, I, I feel like I'm that, um, I'm Tom Hanks and big in that meeting. He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's a building that turns into a robot or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then on here, it said the most, I don't have the numbers as far as what percent, but it's like 16 to 24. My sister's 20. Right. I talked to her okay, about it. And there's all these that. little jokes yep. that they do like in person mm-hmm. that I've went and searched on there. I'm like, okay, like I get it. Like there's like little, little tagline sets, the hashtag. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny and appropriate in mm-hmm. like this social right. circumstance. So like real life feeds the platform. I feel like a lot of it too, especially with the rev up of the influence, the influencer marketing, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure, you know, that's, that's everywhere. But I feel like this is mm-hmm. another channel that they use that for. And I think that depending on if you'd worked with your filters, or if you could set something up, like I know on Reddit, I can you know, be kind of a subscriber to certain channels. It definitely helps be more up your alley. Definitely. Rather than just getting kind of the random. And maybe it's a a generational thing or just like the people that I I view as influencers that I follow relate to things I want to learn more about or I'm I'm doing versus like there's influencers that are just influencers because they're influencers for some reason. And they tend to be more popular on TikTok. Like if I saw mm-hmm. one of the, say the coach I just hired TikTok, I'd be like, what, what is wrong with him? <laughs> what is wrong with him? Like, <laughs> this is not this dude. Why are you, why are you doing this weird challenge? This is strange. It's definitely geared towards the younger audience. The, the only thing I would say is I think you should still, again, install it, mm-hmm. use it, understand it enough because sometimes platforms do change. In fact, there's rumors right now that Twitter might be up for sale or imminently be purchased by a larger organization which could drastically change that platform. And, and yet it's going to be built off of obviously what's already there. And so not having to, to scale up on your knowledge and understanding of it is I'm important. Sure. The other thing is you could make a small investment of some evergreen content that, that lives there in a way to reach that demographic who's not ready to purchase a home yet. Whether it's, it'd have to be different types of content, obviously, because it's not going to be, here's the neighborhood you can move into now because they not, may not be ready to buy a house for, for many years to come. It's definitely a longer term play. But if you have, first-time buyer product, you could talk about financial mm-hmm. issues related to housing or saving for a down payment, or it's definitely a, a bigger brand story. But there is this, this effort that a lot of other industries will use where they will focus on a younger demographic because their hope is to get them kind of sucked in for life. Right, yeah. And with Toyota, they have their Scion brand that speaks to the younger mm-hmm. age at the hope that you buy one of those when you get your first car and then your next car hopefully is going to be a Toyota. And then eventually you move on to there Lexus. Retired at this point, but I don't. I don't think any home builder brand is going to piggy or, or leapfrog another because of their investment now necessarily. In and I feel like with TikTok, either. another thing I'm seeing that even outside of TikTok, I could start off as a video on there and go viral. But mm-hmm. like you said, just to get 
furthermore views or just their more attention to their name, they do ta- uh, hashtag challenges. So they do a lot of dances. And I think mm-hmm. of there's the dentist that danced to I think it was like Drake's song. I don't know if you saw that go all over Facebook. Oh. And his okay, and I read into this just from him doing it. He booked appointments like a year in advance. There you go. He got I to wanna... a point where he was booking. So, <laughs> you better so dance many... before you get your teeth cleaned. So if you had like, you know, if you're on TikTok and just something, you know, extra that you had like a fun sales person who has a fun personality or something, just even hop on and do something yeah. like that. I think that's where it, it's it's definitely about the individual. I think maybe that's my my um, sticking point with it. Like it ha- it has to be about a person and builders aren't even about using a person on Instagram or Facebook that often yet. And here's this even more revealing. And if you're dancing, like that's a lot harder than say, and like, Hey, come out and see us. We got this model home open on this weekend, blah, blah, blah. Like if they won't even do that, like, why are you thinking, not saying everyone's thinking about TikTok, but like do Instagram first, like do a story, like where you're inviting people out. Like that's the first step. That's right. Two years ago, like let's let's get that it's part. It's just done. something easy. Yeah, and and but at the same time, you'd probably rather have them nurturing existing prospects that, that marketing is already true. delivering to them. You, you can have fun there. You can build culture there. But if if it's it's a long term play, it's a brand building exercise. It's not a it's mm-hmm. not a transactional mm-hmm. one. And so just know that going in. And then the last one, I thought this one just cracked me up was is from Realtor.com back in September of last year, but. Uh, it's still worth talking about here briefly. Five home upgrades that millennials couldn't care less about. And millennials. Those <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> what are they going to say? Over the top landscaping, number one, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, yes, there is a generation who loves the perfectly manicured lawn. And I know people that I work with on a regular basis who still do that. I took a picture of a sky, the the, the sunset one night, and I got more comments on... On your mulch, the, I think. I feel like everyone's your mulch. Uh, the mulch and, and how the, the lawn was mowed oh, okay. and maintained. There's definitely... That's fine. I remember that. There's definitely you crazy <laughs> weird people who like... You also probably like sweeper marks, which is... You have problems. That's all I'm going to say. But the that's majority funny. of millennials, that this article claims, and I agree with them, want nothing to do with anything that requires regular maintenance that they I have know. to do. So I'm, give me the over-the-top landscaping package if it comes with self-feeding, self-weeding plants. But I want the artificial turf big... in our backyard so bad. It's small. So it's yeah, like, it's not, the cost be... is not insane. But I'm like, why do we have grass back here? For context, it's, it's like 40 by 30 is yeah. like the backyard. So it's not like it's this monstrosity of a yard. Like you would do that whole thing in turf that, though, really? You've seen like the backyard. Yeah. There's like the tramp. Well, maybe the trampoline, like just that the back portion. I the guess, front it, would I be guess real, in Florida the where, where the kids are. requires a lot of water. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our water is on. The city water, so we're paying like that's probably hundred dollars a month just to water the lawn, mm-hmm. and then getting a a well in is like five grand. It'll pay for itself, and then like it's perfectly clean. If the dog goes on it, you just scoop it up and spray it down with the hose. Perfect. <laughs> uh, number two is a formal dining room, which yeah, I mean that one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't even feel like that's a millennial. I think that's yeah. that's just where the majority yeah. of, of folks. We don't have one. With our floor plan, I think we had it yeah. like for our floor plan, our new construction home. Like we have a morning room. Mm-hmm. that we use as our dining room. We have like the long farmhouse table. And then the front room is supposed to be the formal dining room. Can't imagine why two people, like two rooms for eating. Well, that's so you can put up. the good china in the good room. Right? Which <laughs> exactly. is not the other. Like, in the, do any in the of hunch. you have good china? And, and no. Not good china? No. Right? Like, <laughs> not register. My parents at Thanksgiving, they're like, sets. you know, 
And now one day this could be yours. And myself, my sister, and my brother are all like, what? Please no. 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 <laughs> That's going to be sold. Good. Uh, number three, Goodwill. designated floor plan, which talks what you're talking about, Jackie, of they just don't, they, they want multi-function rooms. The architect and yep. builder that we're talking to right now, they're very conscious of saying, this is a flex room. And we're like, like that. we didn't, what does that we didn't mean? tell them that it was going to be a flex room. We told them that it was going to be used for a specific purpose. But when they presented it, they're like, this is just a flex room. It gives you lots of choices. That's so that mm-hmm. millennials don't need things to be labeled as a library or a study right. or a den or whatever. Just give them spaces and let them decide what they want to use it for. Brand new carpeting. No one cares about carpeting. They all want hard hardwood, laminate, tile. Back to that maintenance, Kevin, that you're saying about the grass. Same with the carpeting. Yeah, and, and you can, you can I, just never get it clean. I agree. Even if you pay someone yeah. to come steam clean it, whatever, it's never mm, going to be are, clean again. Yeah, upstairs came with carpet standard, and we didn't want to. We're like, okay, we'll ruin it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then once it's mm-hmm. done, like we're putting in what we have downstairs. Yep. Uh, and then this last one is more yeah. about merchandising, I think, but memorabilia and game rooms. Um, so just millennials little different than previous generations and wanting to keep, collect, and show off all of their physical assets. They're, they're much more about digital. And so this also just speaks to why the smart home stuff is so important. It's not necessarily that there's a particular feature or function of the smart home, but it's basically telling a millennial, we get you. You know, we, we know this is important to you to feel connected, to be connected digitally to everything, home included. So I just thought that was, uh, was a fun little list. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to have the live recording from the Builder Show with Andrew, myself, and maybe some other people. We'll see what happens. (laughs) But when we come back, we will be live from the show. live from the builder show 2020 we are this is great it's over yeah we just uh destroyed the buffet here at the win it's a classic <laughs> as always two years in a row on a the thursday which is the last day of the show just kevin and i becca was here last year but it's nice and peaceful it is awesome i uh, i didn't eat in the last 24 hours so i'm not no exaggeration yeah, i don't know how you do that <laughs> i think i've eaten like six times today already it's always it's like pure. five o'clock Pure adrenaline, but yeah, uh, they have not. She said fifteen different stations here. I think I only made it through five countries. Yeah, I did three countries and the dessert, <laughs> and I think I might do dessert after after this again. Favorites? Well, we should we should work backwards from from beginning. Uh, so from number three, okay. number three. favorite takeaways or sessions or speakers. Ooh. Number three, mm. I would say would be gentleman from Harley Davidson. Were you in that session? I was not. So they had, uh, I think he was a former CMO, now he has his own consulting mm-hmm. firm, but he was talking about uh, the classic, does someone put a tattoo of your brand on their arm? Like, oh. Because they do for ours. They, they do for Harley, that's for sure. There's also gangs for that brand, <laughs> sort of, in some aspect, or you need that to be in these, like a club, gang is not a, yeah. it's not the right word, right. club, they're just clubs. No big deal. Um, but he, he did a really good job of describing that 
you know, the product is not that, that, that almost their, their fanatical focus on thinking that the product being amazing mm -hmm. was what made them successful. And then they went bankrupt and they had to realize that it was really focusing on the customer and creating community around the product. Ah, community. More important. Yeah. And, um, and one of the favorite points I think he made is the word they. they. Um, okay. When people talk about your company and they say they, like mm -hmm. they are jerks. They're they. really nice people. They have some some feeling about your organization. Whereas Amazon, and we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. Amazon is like a, a non-human company. It's faceless, yes. They don't do anything. They don't. Amazon ships me stuff, but I don't I don't use the word they. So his main point was uh, try to make a, a positive they mm. connotation with your brand. And that was uh, kind of proof that you were heading in the right direction. But he, he was my number three. I'm trying to think. I feel like my brain is broken. Um, I really enjoyed the sales rally, and some of it is things people said. Um, I have my favorite one. I'm saving for number one, so I'm trying not to say my favorite one. Yeah. Um, things people. It just. It's really the opposite of what they were. They were pushing. Just made me realize that you know, sales and marketing is quite different, and you really have to. Whatever you value is what you'll learn and progress on. And this ties back to uh, on the way over here on the, on my five-hour flight. Started a new podcast. I forgot the name of it. Um, but it brought up to like why people excel at certain things. And it's really what they value at that time will always be top of mind. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to like give yourself permission. You don't have to like commit to anything. It's just whatever you're, you're valuing at the time is going to be the most important thing. So if you're wanting your... I feel like you're saying value in a nice way. To me, I use the word obsession. Like I just yeah. become... Yeah, well, value obsessed. Micro, like micro obsession. Whatever. Of, priority, I guess, could be another word. Let's like take this way off the rails. Let's do it. Okay, so off the rails. Did you ever go through phases when you were in high school? Or I go through phases all the time, yeah. I'm still going through phases. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I'm probably lying to myself. I'm still going through phases. But literal, like I would watch nothing but the Food Network on television oh, for like yeah. a year and a half. You get obsessed. At a time. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I do that quite as much, probably just because I don't have as much time. Yep, to House become. Hunter International. Well, that's that's not an obsession. That's just, that's what everyone Escapism. should do. Escapism. If you're in this that's business, your... you should be regularly watching. For those of you who don't remember, the, the reason is because if you're in this business and you can't watch an episode of regular House Hunters and correctly, like, you should always know which house they're going to pick. Based upon what is a better value that is for true. the money, but the con not having the context of uh, what a home in India should and shouldn't like what's normal there. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that's my favorite part of it. But um, yeah, I would just develop the like I become super obsessed with food. Yes, I wouldn't even cook it. I was just like, you want to see it cooked? I watched every Good Eats episode with Alton Brown like oh, ten times. That's a good show. That was that was edutainment. Ed exactly. Is that the word that exactly. I remember him. Okay, so, sorry, continue. Okay, so, so the point of that is is I, I think it's just like this realization that I had, like whatever your priority or obsession is your value is at the time is going to improve regardless of what session you go to, what you're reading about. Like it is going to make progress. Um, Molly during the from group two at um, the sales rally talked about twenty percent better. And I'm like, you just have to based on the podcast that I listened to on the way over, I'm like 
if you just make it your priority, yeah. you, you will get better. But the hard part is like, which metric? How do you make it your priority? Well, it's yeah, like you can't just make like, it. Is it like, generality or just in sales? But better, then, it's like a broad word. Said, any metric on its own doesn't stand. So twenty percent more sales, but then less profitable. Sales, and how say or? marketer yeah. get twenty percent better? That's the hard part. I think maybe that's the hard part with marketers because it's not we don't have this quota to hit or commission to be chasing. We just have to be better. Like I did talk about that at the beginning it's of, broad. Um, of my session on pre-sales that fail of just this, what is a marketer's responsibility? It is to get sales and revenue even though we're not the ones bringing the cash register or yes. making that sale. We're bringing them to the cash register. Kind of. We're doing everything, yeah, and, and but still ultimately accountable for it, and that's that uneasy tension between the two sides. But do I, you? Oh, this is a good question. Okay. I'm, 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 we're going sideways here. Do you think marketers should have some type of commission structure with uh, yeah, so home builders? When, like when people ask them me on the about team, yeah. uh, bonus programs for like a, a VP of marketing or mm -hmm. a marketing manager. Yeah. I, I do always encourage at least one third of that uh, bonus to be based upon sales results. Okay. At Good. a minimum, because otherwise it, it, it sounds. I feel terrible. like it forces a disconnect if it's not tied to that. Like, like there's no like I'll get my bonus anyways, even though the sales were down. Well, exactly. Like, that's 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 weird. That protects you from creating this scenario where well I brought you ten thousand leads last year. Didn't you like them. What do you expect me to do for it? So. I do, I do think that's important. Um, and, but you're right. I, when I translate things from another industry, it's because I'm always obsessed on the, the small number of regular scenarios that happen in our business, right? Mm -hmm. Community A through Y are selling yeah. just fine, but Z is Terrible. sucking wind. Mm -hmm. So in that context, if I go and hear someone from a car company or Harley-Davidson talk, then it's, it, it's like... There's these three scenarios, that struggling community being one of them, yep. that I'm just always thinking about because that's the, it always comes up. It's always going to come up. That's that's where pre-sale came from was because we always, in air quotes, were launching new communities or new phases in new communities at Heartland mm -hmm. in 22 different neighborhoods. And so it wasn't, it wasn't every week, but when it did happen, it was always mm -hmm. annoying. Because gotcha. there was no set process. It was just chaos, I it feel like. It was just, well, this one should sell great. This one it should, should, but didn't. This one we have no expectations for, but we, we sold 12. There's no standard way to measure why it worked or there's didn't There's no algebraic work. formula gotcha. to, to help you determine. Yeah, that drives me crazy, especially with the amount of revenue that you saw. Like, there was no, for you, there was no disconnect between, yeah. like, oh, we didn't sell anything. Shoot. Okay, we saw. I got your leads. I should, yeah, we obviously have zero show notes because we're sitting in a buffet. We are. <laughs> yeah. But let, I think I can get these out real quick. So one would be community launching. Okay. Two would be community closeout. Right. Mm -hmm. I just have these last few homes or home sites that I need to sell. Mm -hmm. In fact, people have asked like, when are you going to write closeout without fail? <laughs> As like the bookend. That's, that's a good idea. Uh, I'm still thinking you need the audiobook of pre sale without fail. Thais is going to get, get She's going to make you do it. Um, <laughs> in, individual struggling inventory home. Without fail. Without fail. <laughs> so that's, that's number three. And then number four, like um, sales, placebo. The salesperson's sad, wants to quit. Oh, uh, mind games for salespeople. Yeah, mind games for salespeople. Marketing <laughs> mind games for salespeople. And that's <laughs> really, I mean, without. obviously fail there's other parts there's there's the actual ads there's the branding but from a higher uh -huh. strategic idea 
think those are the the things that are always processed in the back of my mind when I'm listening that's to a true. speaker talk. That's what I'm valuing is mm -hmm. anything's going to make these regular challenges for a new marketer. How can I how can I take something away from the speaker? Gotcha. All right, that was number three. Number three. My number two Ooh. was uh, totally selfish. Your Clash of the Titans. Um, but <laughs> I it was, think it was the best one yet. It, it, what's fun is, you know, there were six of us uh, who presented together. Our, our three topics were that humans are obsolete. We don't need them anymore. Sorry, salespeople. Uh, number two was that content marketing is worth investing in. Um, and I had to argue against that one, which was, which was a blast. And the third one was that uh, branding was a waste of time. Building a brand yeah. was worthless. But because there were six of us and we were all taking turns moderating or, or debating, uh, I got to attend the session as much as be a part of the session because mm -hmm. I was only involved uh, directly in a third of it. And it was just, it's so much fun. And what surprised me is most of the audience had not seen the other ones. That's interesting because I, I thought that I the they would have like, seen who, it before. Who has seen all yeah. of these? Uh, hmm. There only was only like 12 hands that went up in the that whole is thing. But they quickly got the concept. And okay. maybe it's just that we're getting better uh, third season. I think in. so. Because the first year there was people took some of it literally, <laughs> yeah, right? context, like, right. Like, or Dennis yeah. Dennis uh, That's I think awkward. Someone in the Market Proof Marketing Group, I think, had, or Selling New Homes Online, had put a live stream of oh, him gosh. saying that uh, online good. salespeople were unnecessary. <laughs> That's the worst group to ever post that in. You will. Right. That'd be bad. Uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that one. The Yeah, I want to have Elena Money back on the podcast. She was a lot of fun. Everyone was great. Like, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but there was just, she had to go so, so far against what she stands for. Right. I think she, she had the most extreme as far as, like, her point of view. Like, she had to go polar opposite. But because it she's was, so good at the written, yes. written word and putting together ideas, she mm -hmm. still found a way to argue against branding in a way that felt very branded. I don't know. That's, that's, did, not, that's like, not what I'm trying to say. Well, I, it was still Elena and the way she does things, even yeah. though she was arguing against like herself like, and how the, she Well, she was operates. using her own brand and her approach to how she communicates. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. Her brand is that she communicates in a certain way, and she was using that brand to argue against branding. Just, and it worked. It was very meta. It was good. My, my second... Um, was probably the new people I've met that I did not expect to meet. So I had my session. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Good questions. That's the room with Tech Bytes was really cool. It's like silent disco setup. Um, there's headphones. You tune into the left speaker or the right speaker. Um, and I thought it was cool. I think I think they should we bring it back. We could have said that was the worst thing, only because I think people perceived it as being bad. The expectation was, was weird, but afterwards, like I think people show. really liked it. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think it worked. But the whole first day of the show, everyone was just like, "Have you seen this? Have room? you seen that? Yeah. It's weird. It's almost like, have you seen that color TV? Have you? In the <laughs> way that, that thing? For, for those of you who weren't able to make it, it was a longer room, but two different speakers yeah, talking very at the wide. same time. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could hear the other speaker. Uh, as you were giving your talk, but there's no external speaker, so it's just you would only heard their their natural voice. Yeah, it's like giving a webinar or just talking normal, which uh -huh. is not what you typically hear as a speaker. You're hearing the echo of your own voice. Not at all. So that's yeah. a little bit strange. And then there's a visual indicator of how many people are listening to you in the room. Yeah. So and if those also, lights start changing colors, ooh, not good. Yeah, it's a good thing that I was not up there because I. I was telling everyone, in that scenario, I would revert to psychological warfare, and I would, I would be like, okay, everyone, 
those of you who are listening to my mm-hmm. stream right now, like in five minutes, I'm going to say the word poodle, and I want you all to switch your and color look at the other speaker and look at the other person and give them a full <laughs> sense of security and like. Oh, they love oh, me! Wow, the whole room's listening. To me. This is awesome. They love learning about the drone compliance laws yeah. <laughs> and, and everything that I'm count, talking count about. Count to five and switch back, just oh, so man. you can watch that person deflate. That's funny. <laughs> Fortunately, they had the topics were drastically different from one yeah. room, one side of the room to the it other. Wasn't, side of the it room. wasn't competitive really in any way, but it was definitely odd because uh, most people hadn't experienced it. And the other thing that does still seem weird is mm-hmm. they said no one laughed. I, I didn't ever... I watched part of Chelsea from Group 2 who did a great job okay, talking yeah. about uh, Facebook, but so one of the speakers said that people just didn't laugh even. like They smiled, I definitely... Because I, I put some humor, like some memes and gifs in, in mine, and I, I saw faces light up and smile. Um, I was looking for them. I'm like, please smile. I'm trying to be funny. Like, don't hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um but it was always very quiet, and obviously it was they can't ask quiet. you questions. Either. I'm used to the podcast too, so I think I'm like it's a little bit. For yeah. me, it wasn't that different. I know some speakers they wore the headphones. I didn't want to do that. I feel like that would look strange. Um, but some people did like it. They're like, I had the headphones on. Like I don't know what I would have done without wearing the headphones. Everyone's different. But it was I. I met a marketer from Guatemala. Oh yeah. Yeah, I. Um, I've met them every year. Interesting. So I yeah. I met her. They have this big master plan community, and she's asking about Google Ads, and I'm like, I don't know yeah. how your cities are structured, but like, ugh. She's so, like, always oh, sell to the people in the United States. Should it be this type of keyword? And it was just really, I'm like, I just, it was really challenging question. And I'm like, yeah, this know, is good. I know both of the, two, two ladies, right? Um, she was she was younger, probably my age. Yeah, um, that's what I met. Yeah. Yep, I uh, I see them every year, and, and the first time I met them was after I just come back from the mission trip. Well, that's perfect timing. And so you can talk all about it. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, yeah, they're, they're interesting. And it was, uh, yeah, I guess the other number two would definitely be just meeting everyone who was uh, listening to the show. It was funny day one. Um, oh yeah. You and I were just talking in Sales Central, and someone looked around and was like, "I feel like I'm listening to the podcast right now." We're like, "Oh, we're, we're like, close we're your just, eyes." Just we're just talking about getting coffee or something. <laughs> like, are we talking slower than we normally do? But it was like, awesome getting to to meet more of you as well. And number one, I think, is going to be the same for both of us. I think so. It's uh, Mr. Mr. Lears. I know he was amazing. It was it was like a watching a movie. Or something like his story, and I didn't know his. I he was on the podcast before, and he and he had similar it things. It seemed like a like a Netflix special, like Ellen's it, comedy. Ellen's uh, comedy. He his delivery was was great. His energy was perfect. Um, he had just much just as much. It was authentic, so it's not like he created these things artificially. Like when he talked about the recession, I was in college at the time, nineteen. I remember seeing all these things on the news, but I never experienced that. What it's like to be sitting in a model. One month, next month, and no sales. And he talked about a trades tradesman coming in, yep. asking about sales, and you could see like that discomfort and pain that that Quint experienced. He communicated that, and you, I'm sitting on like, oh man, this is like, I feel this empathy, like this is wow. Yeah. And it definitely brought back memories to me because I remember you know, fr- framers, plumbers, people coming in the model, or they'd be in to pick up a check, and they would like walk over and they'd be like, "How's traffic, Kevin?" Like. You're like, website, why are you asking? Website traffic still looking good, you know. Well, so that yeah, and you know that there are sayings around entertainment like the TV adds ten pounds and that kind of thing. And you're yeah. like, where? You're just like, where the heck are you taking this? For, for Quint's energy level, if you've ever experienced it in person or on the podcast, mm-hmm. we'll yeah. link back to to his episode in the show notes. Yep. Um, 
it's like 150 miles an hour and because of that larger stage I think it took just enough of that energy off. They, there's a saying um, that my pastor used to always say, if you want your audience to um, have a trickle of blood, like you have to hemorrhage in terms okay. of how much energy you put out. So gotcha. it's like something is lost because you're further away, the larger Makes the, sense. the stage. It's like makeup for people that are performing. Yeah, like, so he, That's a weird one. It, it, was, uh, it took just enough of his energy level off that made him feel more calm, but I guarantee you, if we would have been on the stage with him, we would have been oh, like, that's still the been same exact Like, that's still Quint. Yeah. Like, he's running around, and he, yeah, it was, and that was, he was the third, he was the third speaker at the sales rally, which is two hours long, so he was maybe an hour and ten minutes into it. So you think by that point, people were like, okay, I'm, I'm excited for this, but, like, we're still an hour into something. But people were, everyone <laughs> as two, was. As two guys who have there. ADD are, are saying, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us to do anything for two hours. That's that. Like that's like a movie. Like halfway through the movie, like we better get to some, yeah. get to some change here. No, but he yeah. he knocked it out of the park, um, and it was funny because people. He, he, if you do go back and listen to that episode, <clears throat> he definitely was was prepping for that talk oh, and, and I think a so. lot of the same pieces. So if you weren't able to come, uh, NHB will have a recording of it. Uh, but I. I I truly think that might be the best talk I've ever seen given in the 12 years that I've come here. Wow. Um, which is saying something because there's, you know, uh, Jeff Shore gave a talk in 2009, which might be close second okay. to me. Um, but he just, people are like, does he really have a urine detector? I'm like, yes. Yeah, he has every kind he of does. detector, and I think, detector, right? And he knows the where to send people to look at right. So go back and listen to the episode, it's all there. And it's true. You think he's making it up, but yeah. And no. I saw from where I was sitting, I could see, I think at least four sales trainers, people who do our professional sales trainers, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they were totally giving him props. You could just tell, like when he wow. dropped the, they, they must not listen to Mark Group Marketing because they, they must not. They, when he, they when should. He, when he mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he mentioned about like what year is your home or you want to you want to yeah I thought that was mm-hmm. and they were just like you could tell they're like comedians and the respect they have for other comedians when the joke hits you could just tell as sales mm-hmm. trainer they're like oh that's good I'm stealing that's it yeah good. like how much would you pay for used carpet like none well why would you put it together and why would you buy it all together you wouldn't pay anything for used carpet used toilet used sink why would you buy it all at once yeah it's and he does it so well with like you think like oh you would never say that but I want to buy a home from from Quint just just to experience yeah and I think that's the even as a marketer um, who like on, on your end not, not being involved with new home sales people directly mm-hmm. for as long as I was there's something that gets marketers excited when a salesperson basically is saying there is no excuse there's no which excuse. was like the underlying message for Quint is yeah, look, there I guess is no was, excuse yeah. good market bad market you're either going to choose to do a good job and be a professional and you're going to chase after that dream and push through the pain or you're not whereas mm-hmm. sometimes as marketers we're like hey I only saw 20 people last week Yeah, I need sales go find me 20 more uh, you know so I, I think that's probably yeah. why it, it resonates with us as well but it's just get the job done. And that's what he, he gave a story of like where he was almost going to leave the industry. He had this crazy uh, physical training test to be a firefighter. And then he decided that moment like, no, I'm never leaving. I love it. And then he came back and decided, hey, I will be great. So he valued that. Like that's, yeah. Well, being a firefighter, firefighter wasn't his dream. He just needed to make money. wasn't his dream. But he met the, the guy who that was his dream was to be a firefighter. 
didn't want to steal that dream from him. Right? So that was definitely number one uh, for I think a lot of people. Just mm -hmm. I, I don't. We should not have been surprised that he did that well. No, I almost didn't go because it's a sales rally. Yeah. There's not a marketing rally, I don't think. Is there? Did I miss it? No. There's not a marketing rally. It's geared towards salespeople. Um, <laughs> I right? feel like that's be the anti, like marketers should be like, we don't need to do run your, this big. Do your job or you're going to get fired because, <laughs> oh, you didn't, this is, I don't mean this, I, I mean this, but I don't mean this like, oh, you didn't do your job for three months in a row or you, you didn't do anything last month. <laughs> Well, you're not working here anymore. Right. Like, but it's it's totally different. Totally different expectations. Uh, my bonus was Mike That's and Thais. If you haven't seen uh, this oh, the videos man. that they did, she was a, working. That is a he ton of effort. So probably, gosh, interviewed twelve or so. Different twelve to fifteen, I think. In the hallways, um, definitely go back out and check those. But uh, yeah, Thais did all the video work, editing work, turned stuff around from her phone too, right? Like it was almost all yeah, on her all, phone. All running gun. Mike did a great job on the camera. Who set up the equipment? I still like, not who sure. Decided I on the fully equipment. understand. Oh, that. Well, the equipment was mine. That's all. Okay. Uh, I have all the toys. I'm like Batman. You have all the toys. Right? You are yeah. Batman. Or what's um <laughs> Q? Money Penny. Who's James yeah, Bond? Q. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but Mike did a great job uh, on camera. Yeah, he was on. What, what, what was the game? Did you win? Did everyone win? The, I haven't the watched the last the game. The last two myself because I've. I didn't. I, I was lost with the There's game the, as what far would you do as in Vegas. Yeah, I lost. You lost. Oh, well, I, well, I, I, thought I, like I thought Mike was like a gimme. Well, I thought Mike was like this was maybe like a test question. He was taking a poll of all the DYC people, and this is what we would do. And it was like helicopter ride or something else. I'm like, I don't want to go on helicopter, so I'm not saying that. And I said like, No, I'm good. Like we're gonna drive to the Hoover Dam and look at it. And he's like, ah, Wrong. I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling okay. better. I passed the test. Man, yeah, it's like. Yeah, I got it wrong. All right, well, wrong I'm pretty answer. sure uh, the part that we pre-recorded was already like 40 minutes, and this has gone on so. long enough. So, yeah. live from the Win Buffet, 2020, <laughs> we're good. We'll we're see good. you next time. Awesome. Thank you. Until next year. Say hi to the internet. I'm just checking. And we're back. I'm going to pretend like that was an amazing live segment you just heard. I imagine it was because it was at, live at the show. Andrew, you were there. Yeah, that was, it was amazing. <laughs> Great guest. It hasn't happened awesome. yet. <laughs> but here we are. We're back uh, in the time machine. And let's read through the answers to last week's question of the week, which was, who's going to the Builder Show? If so, what are you looking forward to seeing doing? Holy cow, I thought I kept up with this. There's yeah, like there's 28 different comments mm -hmm. in here. Well, some of those conversations uh, really went, you know, <laughs> not about this. <laughs> oh, oh shoot. We'll highlight a few here. Martha Clifford, seeing all my builder friends, of course. Networking is great. Beth Ann, seeing favorite marketers from across the nation. Martha she stuck also, in the good part. I'll, I'll sneak it. That we can, uh, ideas that we can act actually execute. I think that's that's good. Oh, yeah, like, from Martha. Yep, she's sneaky. That, is, that, is, <laughs> that should have been all she said. Right. Yes. And the smiley face, which means she, she's in on the joke. That's that's always our thing is just making sure you can actually do something with what we're mm -hmm. talking to you about beyond, you know, hire us or hire somebody. Beth with StyleCraft says also she prays she doesn't throw up on stage. She is presenting her first session uh, <gasps> with, in with person Leo, this right? year. 
That's with, awesome. um, with Dennis O'Neill and Megan from O'Neill Interactive as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll do awesome. Uh, she's a true oh, yeah. marketing unicorn. Erica Lockwood, I'll be there. Meredith Oliver, Kim O'Quinn. Andrew, you're going. Good to know. I'm going. <laughs> Sarah Williams from Lasso ECI. She also threw in there that a waffle is just a more considerate pancake. It's <laughs> like, here, let me hold that syrup for you in these convenient boxes. Oh, I love it. You've been wow. lied to because those boxes, just you just try to spread butter evenly on your waffle <laughs> and you tell me how long that takes. Oh, Unless yes. you put like a butter square in each piece, right? <laughs> that's one way. That's <laughs> terrible yep, idea. That's true. Lenny can't get the the syrup can't soak into the waffle mm, properly because of the true. fat layer that's created. That's true. Kevin Weitzel, we'll see you there, buddy. And he also started a thread on shoes, which then I think that took most of the rest. That was of a lot of comments, so <laughs> we better was. see some new shoes. Yeah, no Angel McKay know, and Beth Phillips had to cancel last minute, but oh no, that's okay. We'll well, we'll see you uh, somewhere. Exciting! It'd be an awesome group. And this week's new question of the week, Jackie, you want to read that one off? Yeah. So this week's question is, what do you do to constantly improve your craft? And that's a lead in into what our question of the week will, or our 360 topic of the week will be uh, coming up here soon on one of the upcoming episodes is, you know, just how do you stay sharp? How do you, from an education perspective, career advancement, just improving uh, yourself and your department are there courses, conferences, books, blogs, uh, YouTube channels, all that stuff? But what do you do to constantly uh, improve your your craft? If you want to share some of those resources, I do have a, mm-hmm. a recommended kind of core reading list, and we can go through some of those books. But let's let's on that episode when we talk about career advancement, nice. personal growth, Good. all that stuff, we'll definitely go through that list and add Good your idea. own too. In the meantime, there we go. Cool. All right, that'll do it for this week. Hopefully we saw you at the show and you came up and said hello. Looking forward to seeing a lot of you guys there. If you're on your way back, safe travels. We'll see you next week. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye.